Everybody thinks they're right. But you need grace. I need grace. God is going to shake everything that can be shaken. So that only the things that are of him remain. Wow. That's pretty big, isn't it? Only the things that are of God will remain. So, and you think about it, the, 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 the writer to the Hebrews is saying, look, Moses spoke and God turned up. And, you know, there were incredible things that took place in those days. But it's not Moses speaking anymore, it's Jesus that's speaking. It's the voice of heaven that's speaking. So don't refuse him. Don't refuse him. Listen to him. Listen to that voice. If you listen to any voice, listen to that voice. There's loads of voices, isn't there? I mean, social media's full of voices. There's voices everywhere. Everybody's trying to be a louder voice. I'm just watching something presently called The Loudest Voice. It's very, very interesting. If anyone's seen it on Sky, you need to watch it. It's very, very interesting. Don't make any comments about it, though. It's fine. You don't have to make any judgments about it. Just watch it. It's called The Loudest Voice. Because whoever's the loudest voice, people tune in. Don't they? So there's lots of voices out there, but there's one voice that you need to listen to, and that voice is the voice of Jesus. And you recognize the voice of Jesus because he lives in you. So you just got to tune into that frequency. Tune into that frequency. Of course, when I go away, I've said it many times before, but when I go away, I do not listen to the media. Because if I listen to the media... If I listened to everything that everybody was saying, I would be disabled from not only hearing God, but speaking what God says. Because God knows the truth. You understand me? God knows the truth. So I can't afford to listen to everything that's in the media. Because if I listen to it, if, if I listen to all those voices, I'd be confused. I'd never bring a message. I would never bring a message to anyone because I'd be so confused about what message to bring. So you have to tune into the voice. Amen? Okay. So we're going to talk about a big picture. Okay, I want... want, There's a big picture. You realise you're involved in a much bigger picture than just you. This is not... Only about you. It's not only about you. Look at someone who said, This is not only about me. This is a big picture. And we're going to go to Matthew chapter 1. So Josh is going to be my helpful servant over there. Matthew 1 and Matthew 2. You all know the story, but I want you to think about it in a different way. Okay, because now, when we read this story, we understand the context of this story. We understand where it is in history. We know that this is a big story, don't we? This is like the biggest story that ever happened, Matthew 1 and 2, all about the birth of Jesus. You all know the story. But we know now, looking back, that the context of it was huge. This was a big thing that was going on. But what did the people who were in that day know? What did they understand? Do you get it? What, what, did the, what did the Israelites understand at this moment? How much of this stuff did they get? How much did Mary and Joseph really understand what was going on? How much did all those people who were involved in this picture understand about the momentous, huge, incredible things that were just about to happen. How many knew? I'm telling you. Maybe a handful. Huh? We read it and we go, this is the biggest, most momentous time in history. But they didn't have this. They didn't have any of this. They had the scrolls. They had, they had some prophetic things. They, had, they were waiting for something. They all knew that. But they didn't really know where they were in history. Do you know where you are? Do you know what part you're going to play? No, really, you, you have to begin to think much bigger than what you are presently thinking. I mean, your mind has got to enlarge again and again and again and again and again until you understand 
What part you are going to play in the history of mankind? What are you going to do? What is the difference that you are going to make? Where are you going to position yourself in this moment in history? Or is life all about you and what you want? What is this life about? What are we going to do? How are we going to make a difference? I am tired not of this church, but of the church in general that is full of opinions, full of all sorts of things, but who is making a difference? That's the question, isn't it? Are you making a difference? Do you understand where you are? Do do you understand the context of in what time we live? Oops. What are you filling that for? So, there is the way that we see it now, and there's the way that they saw it then. This story. But there's some beautiful things that we can glean from some of this. I'm not going to, honestly, I have got so many treasures from this story, of course, but I'm I'm just going to take two or three. Okay? So, there were those who were ready. There were those who were ready. So basically, by that I mean that they had read the scripture, they had been taught to do certain things, they'd been taught in a way that was helpful, they kind of got themselves ready for whatever God might want to do in their lives and in this time, that's what they'd done. Do you understand me? There were just a few that had done that. They'd got hold of some truth that they knew for themselves because they had to know this truth in themselves, okay? You can't do anything unless you know something in yourself. You can't. It's pointless even trying. You have got to be of a knowing inside to do it. It's no good having it as information. It's no good as knowledge only. There's got to be a knowing on the inside because when you know what you know, no one's going to stop you from doing what you know. You understand me? No one's going to stop you. It don't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what they think because inside you've got something that God has put inside you. He's done it through years. He's been working. He's been building. What was the, what was the song that Olivia started singing this morning? You are our foundation. He is our foundation. That's what he is. Isn't he? And because we've made him our foundation, because there's some of his character in our character, there's some of his life in our life, there's something that we have learned that we hold right now. Because of that, we have prepared ourselves for this moment. But who has really prepared themselves? Is that the question? Have you prepared yourself for this moment? Because it's much bigger than you. I am going to keep saying this all morning. It's much bigger than you. It's much bigger than your family. It's much bigger than this family. It is much, much bigger. And we are getting ready for something that is momentous. And if you cannot see that, even from what is going on naturally, then you are blind. Do you understand me? We, this is not, we're not playing games anymore. You are part of something that is beginning to move that is huge. And what a delight it is to be part of it. Don't you want to make a difference? But you see, if you're going to make a difference, then somehow something inside has got to be secure. You have got to be secure. You have got to know your identity. You've got to be like Jesus who knew Where he'd come from, he knew what he was going to do, he knew how he was going to do it, he knew where he was going to do it, and he knew where he was going. There were some things that he knew, you have to be like that. This is not Sunday school anymore, this is not church anymore. That all finished many, many years ago, we've been saying it for ages, it finished many years ago. You are in a moment for something that is happening that is going to change the whole world. Really. I believe it. I believe this. You understand me? I I see what's going on. I have the privilege, the honor of listening and seeing what is going on in other places. Not only this one. 
And I'm telling you, we are in a most incredible time in history. Most incredible. And what you do is important. So there were those who were ready. Joseph. Joseph doesn't get much recognition, really, does he? Joseph. But this man is incredible. Honestly, I'm going to share a little bit about his life this morning. But Joseph, he got himself ready. There's Mary, Elizabeth, Zechariah, Simeon, Anna, the wise men, various possible relatives and neighbors. But out of all this array of people, thousands and thousands of people, there was only a few that had put themselves in a place where God could use them. And then there were others who were not ready. There were those who had not learned much of anything, really. Spent the life messing around, missing the moment, not really doing much. There were those who were not ready. And they just got taken up in the flow of what was going on, and probably the minds changed every other day. You understand me? There was all those people there. But then there were others that had incredible opportunities of learning, of, of, of finding out about what God was doing, but instead decided to place themselves on the opposite side, if you want. They decided to put themselves against God. Some maybe did it unwittingly and unwillingly, but the vast majority of people had not prepared themselves. And some, I mean, just think about this little list, are you? Caesar Augustus, Quirinius, Herod, his son Archelaus, the chief priests, the scribes, the rulers, Judas, various other people. They had the opportunity to get themselves ready. But when, when the moment came, they were taken a different way. You understand me? You see, it's an interesting thought, isn't it? That, that you were part of something that is much greater than yourself. And there are moments, there is a, there's flows, there's currents. Not sultanas, but currents. No, there's currents flowing. There's currents that are flowing that are much greater than you. Do you understand me? They are strong currents. These things are moved by principalities and powers. We'll talk a little bit about that because I don't want you to get too hooked up in those things because your vantage point makes a lot of difference about what you think about these things. But we'll talk about that later. But nonetheless, there were principalities and powers. Can you imagine what was working in Julius Caesar's life? Can you imagine what was working through his life? Can you imagine what was working through Herod's life? You see, if you just think that was just one man on his own, no, that just wasn't one man on his own, the same thing began to work through his son. Okay, the same exact thing began to work through him. You see, what we, what, we make this massive mistake in thinking that we are not connected. Do you understand me? We think that we are individual, independent, that we can do anything we want, but we'd be wrong to think that because you were, you were designed, you were created to know God. You were created with something inside you that cries out for God. Everybody in this room, that is why you were here, because inside you, you were crying out for God. Do you understand me? That's, that's how he created you. And if, if God don't fill that place, if you don't allow him to fill you in that place, then you may well get taken on by a current that is stronger than yourself. By something that is flowing that is stronger than yourself. It's a little, it's a little daunting, isn't it, to think about it? Huh? I mean, we read these things, don't we? Oh, I don't know. Hang on, it says it wants me first. Let me go. We read these things, and we think it's then. No, but now. What's happening now? Where are we now? Where are you now? What are you getting ready for? It's big things. And it has big things that are going on. Huge things. Everybody then was participating in some way. Everybody. You understand me? Everybody was participating. 
Everybody is participating. The question is, in what way are you participating? What will you choose? What will you decide? Because your, your future is determined by your choice, not by God's. You understand me? God's already chosen. God has chosen that you are his beloved, that he loves you. He has set his love upon you. He thinks you're ter- tremendous. He's got a plan. He's got a dream. You know all these things. You were created for this moment. God has chosen. God is not going to change his mind about you. The question is, do you agree with God about you? That's the first thing that you've got to understand. Do you agree with God about you? That God loves you, that you are worthy and valuable. If you were not worthy and valuable, Jesus would never have done what Jesus did. You were so worthy and so valuable that Jesus died for you personally. Isn't it wonderful? That's how worthy and valuable you are. Never say that you were unworthy. You were not unworthy as far as God is concerned. God looks at you and goes, you are going to be like my son Jesus in every way. Wow. That's what it means to be a son. Doesn't it? So don't deceive yourself and don't become a Judas. You have the opportunity to be transformed by his spirit and by his word. And you can put yourself in a place and a position for God to use you today. You see, Judas had all the same moments as every other disciple. He had all the same anointing. He was with Jesus all the time. Jesus constantly was wanting Judas to step out of the place that he was in into a new place. That's why he gave him the money bag. Jesus didn't give Judas the money bag to see him fail. Jesus gave Judas the money bag to see him overcome. And he knew that if Judas listened to him and tuned in and listened to the voice, that Judas could overcome if Judas wanted to overcome. That's why he gave him the money bag. Huh? It just so happens that there was a place on the bus that Judas went, I'm taking that seat no matter what Jesus says. You say, well, our theology is all screwed up, man. We think that God's some kind of psycho. That he went, well, actually, I don't like Judas. So Judas is out. What? No, I love Judas. Judas is in. In fact, I love him so much, when we, have, when we, when we eat, eat the bread and, and, and drink the wine tonight, Judas is the honoured guest, because that's how much I love him. I'm reaching out, even when he's going to betray me, I'm reaching out into his heart in the hope that perhaps... Judas will say, Jesus, I will follow you. Instead of doing his own thing. Wow. So, let's just have a look at this man, Joseph. Let's have a look at, uh, is it chapter 1? Chapter 1 and verse 18 and 19. Let's just have a look at this. This is beautiful. We just look at... A little bit about Joseph, okay? He says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. So the father had already put within Mary his own seed. And people go, well, that's not possible. Yeah, but listen, every day you pick up, every day you pick up your mobile phone, and before you know it, there's a message there. Before you know it, you didn't see it, you didn't understand it, it just arrived. I could send you a message right now, and it would come right into your phone, and you would get a message from me, wouldn't you? So why, what's so difficult about God? Seeding Mary. Why so difficult? Come on, give me a break. You've, you've got to be deaf, dumb, and blind. No, really, you've got to be deaf, dumb, and blind not to see God everywhere. Huh? My Lord. So he seeded Mary already. Just think, so inside her is this seed. You see, inside you is a seed that's going to change the world. 
You see, inside her was a seed that was... The moment, do you understand? The moment that she conceived, everything changed. Everything changed. Wow. I'm going to show you. The moment she conceived, everything changed. Wow, what does that mean? What does it mean? Well, it means that you've got seed on the inside of you. Everything natural talks about something spiritual. You have got seed on the inside of you. You are full of seed that can change everything around you. And we've been all waiting for God to do something, and God's waiting for you to do something. Huh? Because he already seeded you with everything that you could possibly need for your future. Isn't it beautiful? That's what he does. That's what he does. Oh, what the heck is going on with this? There we go. Yeah. So, he says, Joseph, so, so we just have a look at this. It seems that God's plan for Joseph involved the following. Love, respect, and honor. We can say that, can't we? Love, respect, and honor. God knew that Joseph, and, and a, lot of, a lot of commentators say that Joseph was quite old at this point. Mary was very young, but Joseph was quite old at this point. But Joseph had somehow put himself, put himself in a place that God could use him. Okay? God knows Joseph. Can you imagine that at this moment God is putting his own son into the life, of, into the hands of Joseph? You see, you, you go, well, why? I need to trust God. Yeah, well, God trusts you. God trusts you. Much more than you think he does. God trusts you. Can you imagine that? Joseph, he put his most valuable treasure in the hands of Joseph. Wow. What the heck would Joseph do? What's he going to do? But look, we can find out a little bit about Joseph. Joseph, you see, Joseph is a man with the right heart, isn't he? It says before they came together, so there were, there were no sex here right now. You understand me? A lot, a lot of girls, I'll tell you now, girls, if any bloke wants to take you to bed the first night, you know all you need to know about them straight there, right there. You understand me? You know, you know all you need to know about them right there. That's it. You need I'm, I'm just telling you the truth. So he was a man of discipline as well. He had a good deal of anxiousness and worry. Yes, even fear. A good deal of thinking. This is, you know, from the story, this is what you can glean. He had a good deal of thinking, trying and logically understanding, trying to logically understand what was going on. This is what's going on with him. A good deal of sleepless nights, I've no doubt. I mean, can you imagine what has just happened what he is now faced with. How is he going to deal with it? But we see straight away that there's something honourable about this man. He's not going to talk about it. He's not going to gossip about it. He's going to be as discreet and confidential about it as possibly he can be. He doesn't understand it naturally. He's, doing, he, he, he's thinking it through and going, how the heck? I didn't realise that Mary was going to... He's having all sorts of thoughts, but somehow his heart... You see, that's it. That's how you know that this man was getting himself ready for something different. Because his heart was different. His heart was different. Right there, I can tell you. That's why God chose Joseph. Because he'd got himself in a place where God could trust Joseph. Huh? So, <clears throat> so Joseph is kind of in the right place. And, and, and God is trusting Joseph. Talk to someone on your right hand side. You have to think, you have to think about it, didn't you? <laughs> you could go that all, all that Joseph was thinking about was actually the doing, the creation of the Holy Ghost. Every, everything that Joseph was going through. God had created that moment. You understand me? And, and, and you go, yeah, yeah, but he, he was fearful. Yes, he was fearful. Even, even his fear, God was using. 
even his nervousness, even his anticipation of what might happen, everything, God was using it because Joseph had put himself in a place where he was going, God, this is me, all of me. Use all of me. Use everything about me to speak to me and to guide me and to lead me. Huh? No one's perfect. You understand that? None of us are perfect. We have to go, Lord, here I am. Everything that I am, this is me. All my fears, all my concerns, all my anxiousness, my worry, you know about all of it. But God, I put myself into your hands and you speak to me. But you've got to be in that place all the time. This is not once on a Sunday. Do you understand me? This is all the time, every day of your life. You have to live like this. Given over to another and to others. This is how you have to live. From now on, this is how we have to live. Given over to another and to others. This is how we have to live all the time. So, this is what happens. It says there... Verse 20, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So he's having a dream and he sees an angel of the Lord. Man, this is big stuff, isn't it? I I mean, do you know anything about the dreams that you have? Do you understand anything to do with the dreams that you have? Do you even believe any of the dreams that you have? Do you understand what your dreams say about you? Do you understand what God is trying to speak to you right now? Do you understand... Anything to do with dreams? Doesn't it say that dreams and visions he's going to speak to us through? Have you, have you began to understand that God can reflect things about yourself into yourself so you understand who you are and where you're going? Huh? Yeah, only a few of you. Probably five of you. Six of you. Maybe seven of you. But honestly, dreams and visions, doesn't it say that in the last days he's going to, there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost inside us And we're going to have dreams and visions, supernatural things. Well, most people don't even believe supernatural things, let alone manage to interpret them. So we better start. No, we better start. I mean it. We better start. Someone sent me a dream the other week, and I just just went, okay, I think, Lord, what what is this? Let's just... And And the reply came back, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. You just read me mail. So, okay. I didn't read it. I didn't read it. God read it. God knows. But, so he's having a dream, and in this dream he sees an angel. Oof. It's a double whammy, isn't it? And now he's listening to a dream and an angel. And this is what he says. And, and you see, this is what happens when God speaks to you. You only need one word. You understand me? You only need one word. It's just that you've got to recognize the word. You've got to recognize that you're so used to listening to so many voices that you've got to begin To go, Lord, I need to focus, I need to tune in, I need to get a hold of the word that you want to speak to me. And this is why it says, Joseph, son of David. Wow, right there, bang. Joseph, your identity is you are a son of David. Right there. Straight away, God just spoke straight to his identity and went, Joseph, it's okay. I know who you are. I know where you came from. I know everything about you. Relax, son. Because you are my son. You understand me? Anyone going back to David is going, man, I'm in. You understand me? Something happened the moment that this angel said those things because his identity was spoken into. Joseph, son of David. And then he said, do not fear. Do not fear. So the next thing that God spoke to was his fears. Because he's all over the place. First his identity and then his fears. That's all you need. First your identity and then your fears. Then you're ready. And that's what he did. But it's, it's, it's most amazing <clears throat> that if you think about this, and I wrote these words and I'm still excited about them. There's something conceived on the inside of you that can cause everything around you to tremble and fear. Everything. It can cause things to shake everywhere that you go. Honestly, it can cause things to shake everywhere you go. Something happens because what is on the inside of you is so powerful. It's just that you did not recognize it yet. You have to recognize it. Everybody in this place has to recognize 
who is on the inside, this is a different time. What is on the inside of you causes everything around you to change. You can see environments change when you know what's on the inside of you. Do you know what happened from the moment that Jesus was conceived? Scholars went back to their books because what they thought was true was now getting turned upside down. Scholars, theological scholars, Phil, were getting changed. They were getting changed because they thought, we know what he's going to look like, we know what he's going to do, we know where he's going to go, we know what's going to happen. And from that moment onwards, Jesus began to change everything. Everything that they believed to be true was no longer true. Huh? Man, scholars, theological students, scribes, Sadducees, everything about Jesus began to cause people to ask questions. Who is this man? How can he do such things? We have never heard of this before. You understand me? That's what Jesus does on the inside of you. That is what you have got to give him permission to do now. Because you think that you know what God is going to do, but you don't know. And I don't know. And your theology is lacking. Your worldview is not enough. Honestly. And the reason that I go so hard about this stuff is because we actually believe that we know. We actually believe that we know. We think in our little cocoon, we think my opinion, my judgment, my thoughts about this are right on. I know. No, you know nothing. You know nothing. And God is about to shake everything. You understand me? And when I say these things, I don't, I, don't, I don't do it to ruffle your feathers. I do it because it's the truth. Wherever you thought you were going to, wherever you thought you were, wherever you thought you were going to be, God is about to shake it. God is about to do something that is going to get hold of you and shake you upside down and see what comes out. No, really. I mean it because some people go, oh, no, no. It's not going to happen with me. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Life goes on. This is what life looks like. No, I'm telling you, no, 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 no. No, no, no. If you thought that's what was going to happen, you are wrong. Really. Because right up to this point, everyone's going, life's just carrying on. It's just like this. This is how it's going to be. This is our comfort zone. This is how we, we're going to live the rest of our lives. Little did they know. Everything in the next 33 years was going to be shaken up and down. Everything. Oh, bless you. Just think, this is what I put. What's inside you can cause everything around you to shake. It can cause principalities and powers to provocate and activate. You understand me? There's a provocation in the spirit. When they understand who you are, and when you understand who you are, something provocate, provocates and activates in the spirit realm. My Lord. Huh? It can cause environments to change. It can cause people to start thinking again. Rulers to ask questions. It's beautiful. I'm, I, I was with Derek down in London the other day. We spent five hours. It just went in like five minutes. I don't know. But once we're getting at this floor, man, I'm going, oh, Jesus. You, you, you were touching things in us that are wholly fresh, wholly new. Like things that you just go, wow, that could actually be. We could really be there. We could actually be. Do you know this? I was sat in London. I was just telling Shasti on the way down. I was sat in London. I was, everybody, who, who remembers Leroy? Leroy and Lynn. And I, I, I was sat having a coffee with, with Jeff. And I said, I, I just really feel to write to Leroy today. I'm just going to write this little text. I wrote this text, hit the send button. Boom, boom, boom. Telephone's going. Leroy goes, hi, Paul. All the way from Canada. He goes, I just felt I needed to, I just needed to co connect with you today. 
And then he proceeded to tell me some things that have been dormant for many years. And he went, but I want you to know, Paul, whatever we did caused this to happen. And it was huge. I went, oh, Jesus. And I can't, I can't, I'd like to divulge more to you. But, but even Leroy's like, he's all secret on the phone. You never know who's listening. You don't know what's going on. Really? You don't? You don't? And, and uh, this is not me being lunatic fringe. Believe me, you just don't know. I've had, I've had all my emails, all my, all, all, all my iPad, all my iPhone. I've had it all searched. I've had every, messages read that were personal and confidential. I've had it all read. You think it doesn't happen? It happens. Huh? This is the welcome to the age in which we live. You, what are you getting ready for? What are you getting ready for? It's much bigger than what you think, I'm telling you. And everybody is needed, everybody. So anyway, let's just have a look at this. Uh, it says here, verse... Let's just have a look. Verse 21. This is, what the, this is what the angel says. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Wow, did they know? Did they know that they were fulfilling things that God had already spoken? Do you know, son, that you might be fulfilling things that are already spoken? Do you know it? Do you understand it? Do you get that you might be fulfilling things that are already declared from heaven of which you do not know? But one day, someone might say to you, do you know that when this happened, you fulfilled something that God had already declared? My God. I live that place, and I want to live it forever, that place there. Don't you want to live that? That's excitement, that's adventure, that's life. Come on, kids, what are we living for? What are you living for? Who are you living for? What are you getting ready for? And this is what he says. Just think, there's, there's three things that I want to make attention to here. Not only is God with us, but he's in us and he's through us. All in those verses there. You know what just happened? God went, hey, you think I'm a long way away, but I've put my seed inside Mary and now I want to show you that I'm in you, I'm with you, and I'm going to go through you. That is what happened in that moment right there. That is what has happened the moment you said yes to Jesus. And if you didn't say yes to Jesus yet, please, say yes to him. Say it right now. Just say, yes, Jesus. I want this life. I want to be in this life. That's why. That's why he brought you along, man. Isn't it? That's it. There's no, there's no question about it. If you were here, you were here because God loves you and God, God wants you. He's reaching out for you and he wants to kiss you. Oh, sloppy kisses as well. You know what I mean? He wants to lick you, man. He wants to, he wants to lick you. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah, he just wants to lick you. And then, boom! Huh? Look, look, I know Phil. You see, Phil, Phil knows this is true. He, he sees his little granddaughter. What does he want to do? He doesn't want to, he doesn't just want to kiss her. He wants to, I want to lick you. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, God loves you. You were here for a reason. He loves you and he's with you, he's in you, he's for you. You know, this, this is what he says in John 5, verse 17 to 18. If you can just put out. It says, but Jesus answered them, my father works until this time and I work. Therefore the Jews sought to kill him. Because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but because he said that God was his father. You see, every time that Jesus went to this issue of sonship, everybody got upset. Everybody. Demons hated it. Religious people hated it. Every time he went, I am the son of God. Every time. You know what happens when you say, I am a son, a daughter of God. You know what happens? 
the devil begins to sweat, man. Oh, he can't stand the fact. You know, he, he, he can have churches that are full of people that sit in every chair. Thousands of people that will sit there and they'll have a meeting after meeting after meeting. They'll have the coffee. They'll do all the nice things. They'll sing the songs. But never once will they go, I am a son of God. Huh? Never once will they do it. And as long as they don't do it, everything's fine. Once you begin to go, I am a son of God, created by God, from God, I was in God, and now I'm on the earth, and something's going to happen every time you say it. Something happens. So you better start saying it. Because it is your identity. In it, Steve? Oh, I can tell. I tell that brother's just sat there. He's just going, oh, God, I, wanna, I, wanna, I can see it in him, man. He's just sat nicely, but he loves it. You see, because there's something in you that recognizes it. You know it's true. Father God is your dad. What the heck are we doing? Messing around. We are going to make a difference in this world. You are going to make a difference. Amen? Okay. I'm, I'm nearly through. Listen, bless you. Oh, it's all right. We bless you. We love you. We love you. <laughs> I would have never thought, not for a moment, that you were walking out. <laughs> bless you, Phil. Thank you. Matthew 2 and verse 6. This is what it says there. It says, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. You see, the small things, and we've talked about it many times, do not despise the day of small things because these small things, everything starts as a seed. Huh? Huge oak trees come from small acorns. Huh? What is it that opens huge doors, little handles? And it, every, everything that is going to be something starts really small. Do not despise those small days. And I've, I've, I've had to tell, me this, tell myself this many, many times through the years because I've been taunted, I've been mocked, I've been, I've, literally, I've been persecuted for sticking in with people who I believe have got something in God. Honestly. I have taken hit after hit for sticking in with you guys because I believe that there's something in this little backwater of Bradford huh, that is going to change the world. You understand me? I believe it. I believe it's already happening and I believe that we're already doing it. And I believe we're doing it in a big way, I'm telling you. But it's going to get bigger. This is just the beginning. But do not despise the day of small things. Listen, I've got a few little thoughts about warfare and adversity. I want, I want, I want you to, if you've got a pen, you need to write it down, okay? So, the, of course, as soon, as soon as Jesus is conceived, as soon as that seed's there, things begin to happen. And there's different phases of, there's different phases of our lives. There's the preparation time, there's the conceiving time, there's the, uh, um, the birthing time, then there's the growing time, then there's other times that come after that where you begin to fulfill what God has given you to do. But there's different phases of life. But it seems, it would seem, that there's a, there's a constant warfare over these areas of our life. Sometimes I look at it and I go, you know, I love every, every peaceful time, every peaceful moment. I'm, I'm celebrating going, oh, we're in a peaceful time now, Lord. I'm enjoying it. And then, would you believe it? Suddenly something else starts going on. And it feels sometimes like it's constant. But it, it's all about your vantage point. How you see the war, and from what vantage point, from what theological viewpoint, how we see it will determine how we move through it. You understand me? If you believe that you are still fighting, you are never going to rest. But if you believe that the fight has already happened, and that Jesus disarmed principalities and powers... 
and that he's finished it all and it's all accomplished, if you believe that and look from that viewpoint, not this viewpoint, this viewpoint feels like a fight all the time, but this viewpoint is completely different. This viewpoint goes, no, no, the devil just don't like to admit that he's lost. He don't like the fact that he's lost and that we've got the victory already. He don't like the fact that I begin to administer the victory. He don't like any of those things. If he can get me to believe that I'm fighting every battle, then he will weary me out. My vantage point has got to change. Got to be up there, sat in him, looking down, laughing with God over his enemies. You understand me? It's got to change. Your mind has got to change. Something fundamentally has got to change because otherwise you think you're on this, you think you're doing this, bam, 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 bam. You're not doing this. It's all finished. It's all done. It's finished. The devil just don't want you to know that it's finished. If he can get you fighting, if he can get you fighting all the time, then he doesn't need to do anything else. And you won't do anything else because you'll be fighting all the time. Warfare is not an obstacle. It's just a stepping stone to your next promotion. It's just your stepping stone to the next promotion. It's not an obstacle. See it in a different way. You don't have to fight better. You have to think better. You have to think better. The war will never end for the enemy because he refuses to believe it's finished and he tells you that it's not finished so he fights for everything of course he does he don't he don't want to give up anything the enemy loves a crisis as well the enemy loves a crisis because he's constantly in crisis the enemy is constantly in crisis do you understand me he, th there's nothing orderly of course, there is an order, but it's like, if you can imagine all these minions, they're in fear. There's, there's no love, there's no purity, there's no clarity. There's, not, there's nothing beautiful where he is. It's all disorderly, it's all chaotic. There's always a crisis, and he loves a crisis. Honestly. He loves it when you are in crisis, and if he can, can maximise. So there's four ways to deal with crisis, all right? You can either maximize it, you can minimize it, you can advertise it, or you can analyze it. That's good, isn't it? You can maximize it, you can minimize it, you can advertise it, or you can analyze it. When you have a crisis, just try those four things, all right? Remember them. What, what do you do when there's a crisis? Do you, do you, ooh, ooh, don't panic, Mr. Manager, don't panic. What you like? <laughs> what you like? Huh? Don't panic, Mr. Manning, don't panic. There's a crisis, do you make it worse? What, what do you do with the crisis? Do you maximize it? Or do, or do you look at it and go, well, it's not a crisis at all? Well, then you'd be, you'd be wrong, wouldn't you? Because there is a crisis, there's something going on, so don't minimize it. And definitely don't advertise it, because that's what a lot of people do. They advertise the crisis, and then they get swamped with self-pay. You understand me? If you advertise it, that's what you're really doing. You're going, I need a lot of self-pity right now. I need, I need someone to comfort me right now. And not just right now, but tomorrow and the day after. So they advertise the crisis in order to get something. Don't be like that. But if you analyse it, now that's what, I, that's what I do, you see. That's, that's been my life. I, an I analyse crisis to find out what's gone wrong and then to put it right. You understand me? You, you don't have to be Einstein to see a problem or analyze a crisis. But you do have to be special to get a solution to it. Because you are a solver of problems. You are a solution. You are an answer to someone's problem. That is what you are. You are a prayer in human form. You are the manifest answer of someone's prayer in human form. That is what you are. You, you are the key in the door. That's what you are. Isn't it beautiful? 
So don't maximize it. Don't minimize it. Don't advertise it. Analyze it. And then don't get upset when someone does analyze it. Because that's the other thing that you find people doing. Oh, oh no, you can't say that about me. Listen to me. You're bigger than that. You're better than that. Just... Just be quiet for a little while, listen to what's been said, and then do something about it. If, if, if you want something to change, you better do something different. Huh? But you've got to do something about it. This is, this is the issue. Lots of people are going, I'm not going to do anything, I'm waiting for God. Well, you're an idiot. No, please. You're an idiot. Stop waiting for God. God is waiting for you. You who are empowered by the Holy Ghost. You who have got advice from the Holy Ghost. You who know the word. You who have fellowship. He is waiting for you to do something about your situation. So do it and stop crying. Really? I mean it. What, what, what's? Please don't be upset with me. I'm, I'm saying this for your benefit. Really, we need to, we've got to grow up. We've got to be... You understand me? When you go to the army, of course, there's moments that with the family. That's beautiful. And, and next week, Adam will love you and kiss you and make you all better. <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes there's the family and then other times there's the, there's the army. I was in the army. It's all fear. I'm not doing anything out of fear. I'm doing it out of love because I love you. I, I, want, I want you to come into this dimensional living that is real. That's why I'm saying it. You want to go somewhere else and get patted on the head and just have, you know, nice teas and coffees, it's fine. But that is not what this is. We are some, we're a different people. Aren't we? That's what we are. So don't be upset. And just go, okay, I'm listening, Paul, I'm listening. Huh? Bless you, thank you. Who's that? Ah, that's Leslie, thank you. Looking as lovely as ever, Leslie, thank you. So don't get upset or offended. And then, and then you've got to understand that the signs of life, you see, if there weren't signs of life, it's all a fantasy. If there wasn't signs of life, it'd all be a fantasy. You understand me? But when there is signs of life, you know it's not a fantasy. When you see lives transforming, I mean lives that were nowhere transforming, you know God's about. You understand me? No, no, one can, no one can fake that. You can't fake a transformed life. You can't fake a renewed mind. You just can't do it. So when someone stands up, and gives testimony of how Jesus is transforming them. That is the devil's worst moment. He hates that. Because that's like Jesus going, here I am, and all the signs and wonders with me, they are testimony. You understand me? He went, he went they see, they hear, they're jumping for joy, they've got new hearts. He went, look at them, they're the testimony of living God. Huh? If there weren't any of that, we could all wrap up and go home and do nothing all day. But because we are full of signs everywhere, we need to look at those signs and go, thank you, Jesus. This is a sign that's leading me the right way. It's leading me the right way. It's beautiful, isn't it? Listen, this is what happened during this time, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish. But dreams were becoming reality. He'd had a dream. An angel appeared. There were loads of dreams here. Angels appearing, supernatural things going on. Dreams were becoming reality. Your dreams are becoming reality. Who's got a dream that's becoming reality? Is anyone in this house that's got a dream that's becoming a reality? There you go. No, just put your hand up again because I want everyone around to see. If you've got a dream, there you go. So this is signs, okay? Be encouraged. Everyone in this house, you can be encouraged because dreams are becoming a reality. Things that have been spoken and written ages before were taken on flesh. Isn't that beautiful? Now just understand that. It's beautiful, isn't it? Things that were written ages before were taken on flesh. They were real, manifesting in front of them. Jesus became flesh. 
It was written ages before. It was prophesied hundreds, thousands of years before. And yet here he was, becoming reality, manifest as flesh. Oh, Jesus. Things that had been invisible were becoming visible. Things that had been a thought, a vision, an internal seeing and knowing began to be a reality. New light was becoming visible. Stars, now listen, were literally being born. Stars. Do you know what they said? They see a star. Where the heck did that star come from? Where did that star come? Where did that light, that new beam of light and fire, intense fire, where the heck did that come from? Ah, it became reality. When the seed was inside, things started happening. It's beautiful, isn't it? You see, I'm mad enough to believe all this. Do you understand me? When I, when I get on the plane tomorrow, not even on the plane tomorrow, but just right now, I believe this. Do you understand me? This is not, this is not a theological seminar. This is, not, this is me going, I, I actually believe this stuff. I believe that God will make the invisible visible. That God will break through bars of iron. Don't you believe it? Yeah. Huh? That's what he's doing. And you're part of it. We're all part of it. It's incredible. New light was becoming visible. They were a sign of greater life to come, greater depths of God. New environments of worship were being created. Now get this. Oh, and this is going to happen. This is going to happen, I'm telling you now. It's, something's going to break out, not only in England, but all over the world. There's going to be new environments of worship like we have never seen before. Something is going to happen. And it's not going to be all in big buildings. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be different because here, here, baby Jesus is with Mary and Joseph and people came. They came. Those that were tuned in, they started coming. They were falling down. You know what else happened? New finance began to flow. Treasures, beautiful things began to flow so that Jesus could do all that Jesus needed to do. And not only Jesus, but his disciples as well. You understand me? Everything that came in those moments were for the future. It was beautiful. Oh, thank you. Just a small towel then. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Am I sweating that much? <laughs> so, thank you, Paul. Um, <clears throat> Financial breakthrough, the outpouring of finance from above and beyond. That's what happened. New openings, new opportunities, new possibilities, all becoming a reality. That is what we're on the edge of. We're on the edge of it. We only just started it. We're on the edge of it. And you are here with us, Avril. And I just want to say, Avril, you are part of this family. You are part of this family. We love you. And you are part of this family. Really. It's not, no coincidence. God does things, doesn't he? Okay, guys. Does anyone want to pray? Anyone want to pray? Does anyone want to pray? Just pray about what I've just said. Just, Ellie, you know, why don't you pray? I want you to pray. Why don't you pray? I thought Ellie had it this morning, didn't you? She had it. It was sharp. You were sharp today. Come on, come and pray. Thank you, Lord. We have this, though. Our singers are beautiful, aren't they? They're all beautiful. Thank you, Lord. Do you tell them? Do you appreciate them? Yeah. Don't let them walk out. You know, sometimes they walk out of this building. Isn't this true, Faye? Sometimes they walk out of this building and they go, what did I do? What was that like? I saw some angry faces. I saw some people that were upset. They need to know that they're loved. Amen? And that we're with them. Amen? All of them. We're with them. We love them. Don't forget to tell them you love them. Amen? Okay, go, go for it, Ellie. Just, just pray, girl. Thank Father, you, Lord. Yeah, Lord God, thank you so much for the word today, Lord. I just pray that it is not a seed that will go in vain. Lord, I just pray that this, the words that Paul spoke today, that will really take uh, root into our hearts, Lord. And 
if it is something too big for us to believe, Lord, just break free that box that we put our little mind into and our little life into. Lord, just break free. We give you permission, Lord. As a family, we say yes and amen. And we give you permission to completely break free and break through our barriers and these little iron gates that we maybe put our mind into, Lord. We want to believe and we want to say yes and amen for our lives, for everything that Paul said. It can be ours and we can live it and we can see it come to fruition in our lives and in the ones around us, Lord. Build us strong as a family. Build us into in unity. And Lord, grow our faith. Lord, my faith was challenged today. But I want to say no to this minimalistic and this smallness. And I want to say yes to the big big things you got for my life, Lord. And I want to say yes to all of these things for my family as well. Lord, I believe in them and I want to believe in me. And I believe because you are in us, through us and with us, Lord, and we can do it. And Lord, thank you for Paul. Thank, thank you for everything he gives out and for how he expresses this gift to us with everything he's got. Lord, we want to be more like him. We want to be more like you. And he is an example of you for us, Lord. We just treasure it and we thank you for him. Amen.